This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline on a beautiful but hot Sunday morning. In studio with the statistician, my partner in grind at Josh Jordan 975, is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan! What's going on, Jerry? Happy Sunday, my man. Glad to be back on Moneyline. Moneyline it is. Money is what we drop here, but jams is also what's in line. Behind the glass, rocking it from 10 to 12 every single Sunday with the squad at Carlson Radio is where you can find him. Andrew! Good morning, gentlemen. How are y'all today? Doing good, bud. Good to see you. You have a nice weekend so far, my man? We'll talk about it later. <laughs> so that means great weekend, apparently. Okay. I want to hear maybe about not. this. Maybe <laughs> not. Maybe it is. 713-780-3776. How's your weekend going? How's your week? Champions League final happened last or yesterday. We have a, a few comments about that. Dynamo pulled off a draw last night at home on a comeback. We have some talk about that. I was out there. I got to experience the uh, the wrestling. The, the they had Booker T night Ooh, last night there. So nice. went out to check out some live wrestling. Pretty cool experience. And there's, I guess some some basketball they're saying is being played or something like that i heard about that is some team called the warriors i hear they're kind of good at basketball warriors come out and play <laughs> 713-780-3776 if you want to talk nba finals because game one is in the books yeah i was gonna say tally it up for the good guys i guess we're the good guys because that's what everyone's pushing for right now if everyone outside of the of of let's say California, well, not even the whole California area. Let's just say most of the fan base. I would say seventy seventy five percent of the fan base wants Golden State to lose. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and you got a little confidence in that the other night with you know the Raptors taking Game One, and so I don't know. The whole Drake thing almost makes. Some people maybe want to root for the Warriors because they're so t- tired of seeing Drake. You know what I mean? He's almost making some people, I think, come back over there. But I think, if anything, we're going to get a good series, man. That's what I'm excited about. We're going to – I think this could go six or seven games. 65-60 after the Drake comment. You're right. 65 <laughs> right? to 60% because he's out of control. Yeah. The, the NBA told him to simmer it down. He comes out there with a Dale Curry jersey. <laughs> right. I, I was wondering where did they pull that out from? So supposedly his his crew came up with the idea. They gave him the thought, kind of like uh, how they ghostwrite his his raps. Uh-huh. They ghostwrite his uh, his troll job. <laughs> but uh, basically, they I mean, from what I read, it was, it came from like five thousand miles away or something, and then they had to find it and they brought it to him. So that was someone else's jersey, from what I understand. I don't know how much truth there was to that, but I I went to the Instagram because I was wondering that as well. Where did they just pull that jersey out from? Yeah, I mean, well, let's be real. He's got plenty of money. 
You can track down anything when you have that much money. For sure. He didn't have enough time for the DH gate overseas. You know what I'm saying? It has to be, it has to be a quick, who's got a Dale Curry jersey? I got a troll. And he showed up. And I don't even know why I'm still talking about Drake. Let's talk about the game because it ended with him and Draymond going back and forth. But yeah. let's talk about what happened on the court. Man, great game. I was kind of surprised. The Raptors, you know, they were they were leading pretty much the whole time. They were they were on fire the way they were shooting. So obviously I don't think they're going to be able to do quite what they did in game one, but I think the home court advantage, like you could really feel it, you know, you really could. And it's exciting, man. I, I don't know. I, you could just like feel the emotion coming through your TV. Like, wow, this is, this is real. And they appreciate it. You know, they're not used to this in Canada with NBA finals, man. It was loud. Yeah. It, it had that a hockey feel kind yeah. of to it. Like playoff hockey, some of the best kind of sporting event to watch. No doubt. So, it, man, it was great. I enjoyed watching it. And I think, you know, Iguodala, do we know if he's going to play? I know he was a little, you know, looked like he was a little injured towards the end of the game. He had a poor game. I don't think he hit one three-pointer. That's something that he really crushed the Rockets with was he was nailing those open threes. He didn't hit those. He looked a little injured. I think Clay Thompson's got to play a little better in this game too. Curry was good, but they got to get more out of Clay. And that's the thing. With Iguodala, that's another body out there though. Yeah. And a, and a good defender. Absolutely. And at this point, look how much the narrative has changed in a week, week and a half period when people were saying, forget Karen, Kevin Durant. They don't even need him. Yeah. I guarantee you they need him for that body. They need that extra body out there. They need an, they need for Toronto to have to defend in a different way. And that's what I, I'm – when do you think Kevin Durant comes back, guys? Both of you. I'm hearing they're hoping for game four. That is what I've heard. Yeah, he's not coming back until at least they, – until they get back to Golden State. I know that they had him travel with, like, the long shot hopes that – maybe he's going to be able to play in Toronto because you don't bring KD up to Toronto unless you're trying to get him out there on the court. But there's not a chance he plays tonight. And I think from everything we've heard, Josh is right. It's probably not till game four. Game three would be really optimistic. And if it's this bad and they keep having to stretch it out, how close to 100% will he be when he comes back? That's the thing, right? We, we just don't know. And it's a calf. It, it, that could be a thing where he's feeling all right, and then he just kind of kind of moves quickly suddenly, and then it, it goes out on him again. So you always have that higher opportunity of re-injury when you're coming back from things like that. How big was Siakam in game one? Dude, what was he, like 14 for 17 from the field? Or, I mean, something ridiculous. I don't think he's going to do that every night, but he really impressed me. And the way that it happened, too, I had, I had a couple of DraftKings lineups, so I was watching him real closely because I actually faded him. Oh, so no. So it killed me. Yeah, <laughs> so it killed me. So that first shot he shot up, it, it was a brick. So I'm like, yeah, good. All right. But you saw the defense adjust as when he, he stretches the floor because he can shoot the three. Once yeah. he started making those threes, the defense had to come out towards him. Draymond was having to come out towards him to defend deep. Yeah, but the problem was Draymond was in foul trouble the whole game. So whenever Siakam would get it deep and he put it on the floor, he was beating him. He yeah. was. How many times did you see Siakam get those layups? Uh, you know, going down and, and hitting it off the board. Yeah, he was just kind of sidestepping him it's, there near the basket. Exactly, yeah. and that's something you regularly don't see off of Green. You don't see him get dominated on defense. But I think it had a little bit to do with having to respect the three point shot, which yep. he can make. The quickness of him off the dribble, 
Yeah. He's athletic and the foul trouble for sure. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was a combination of them all. And you, the, I, I had the over. Okay, the over was my bet. We went three and zero the first game. Swept, the, yep. swept everything. Thank you, Jerry. I was on the over as well. We're gonna have a <laughs> lot of picks on this game today. A few at least, and uh, we hope to continue on that three and zero. But uh, for right now, we'll just preview game one. We'll come back and, and hit game two, sure. or, or I'm sorry, we'll recap game one and we'll preview game two with betting picks included. But that over under. That first quarter, it was scary to me. You saw that. But when you say, we talk about in football, regression to the mean. Mm-hmm. Okay? So then whenever you're saying, okay, I'm getting shots. The pace is there, yeah. but they're just not going in. It's, it, it's, I'm bound to regress to the mean. The mean being average at that point. You saw Toronto's game plan. So let's talk about when you handicap specifically to a team, but to styles and matchups. Because last week, whenever I was pounding the under on Milwaukee, Toronto, Mm -hmm. and and my theory was you have the number one, two teams on defensive efficiencies in the playoffs so far. You have a team in Toronto that wants to slow the pace down, second and slowest pace, but, but Milwaukee's was running at the highest pace this playoffs. So for Toronto to be able to manage that game in, in a way that would benefit them, they needed to slow that game down. And once they started doing that, they started winning, right? Yeah. Game one, game two, Milwaukee surpassed the team totals of 113-115. They, so so th- what happened whenever the series started switching? They started slowing it down. But in this particular matchup, it's different because you say, okay, why, why wouldn't you say they're going to slow it down? Because Warriors weren't – because you have to take advantage of what the Warriors are bad at. And that's on defensive efficiency. This is uh, arguably the worst defense that they've had in this little run. Okay, so that's why now the Raptors and you saw that in game one, they were getting that ball and they were running. They were pushing it, man, early. That's that did make me happy about the over, though, because I was like, man, they're firing up a bunch of shots. So you said as long as these shots, they can't. I mean, if they keep missing, you've seen it happen with the hometown Rockets. If if they keep missing, but regression to the mean and it usually tells you that's why there's averages. Right. Sure. And that's why we do this. And and it'll tell you they're at least going to start hitting X amount of shots because they're putting x amount of shots up the pace is there and that's what happened that second quarter blew up they ended up getting there for the halftime betters and then you only needed i think it was what like 106 in the second half in a game that you saw okay it opened up now shots started falling and toronto's game plan is to push the pace it was and i was Man, fourth quarter, I could tell, like, man, we're going to hit this over. I wasn't really gripping at all. Never. After that first quarter, don't get me wrong, I I, I went and I said, we need a lot of scoring. Another angle, and we'll talk about it later on through this, I had a second quarter bet that I did on on Toronto. And my thought was with with the early foul troubles that were going on and the rotation, if anything that's been talked about with the Warriors is the lack of depth. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, since, since the Durant injury, they've stepped up. But at the end of the day, if the lack of depth was, was an issue against a Toronto team that is deep, right? Yeah. And Iguodala a little banged up. Exactly. Yeah. So, so if you got a deep team, then why not take advantage when the rotations start coming? So why not start playing Toronto in a smaller situation, a smaller sample size of the game in just the second quarter? Right when you see that foul trouble go down and you see, okay, here goes the rotation. Clay's running this offense right now. You're like, oh, this is where you hit the Raptors. 
You know, they were giving the Raptors plus one and a half points after that first quarter for the second quarter. They ended up opening it up in the second quarter, yeah. and the rest is history. You catch. But just little angles like that is what you look for. No, okay, it's hard to hit these spreads. Like today's spread, for example, minus two, Golden, yep. uh, Toronto. The public's on there now. They supposedly. Yeah. But what's what's changed from game one to game two? What's what's changed? The perception? The perception and, you know, maybe the Warriors won't be as rusty now that they got a game under their belt. A game under the belt, and we got a segment under our belts as well. Easy like Sunday morning is what we try to make it here. Easy cash, easy money, easy soccer bets coming on up during this hour. We'll drop some this hour, Ooh, and yeah. we'll do basketball as well. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776. Call us. Text us. Tweet us at Moneyline 97.5 on Twitter. Just the fam in the studio right now at Josh Jordan 97.5, at Carlson Radio, at Jerry Bone Knows with a S. The Z update real quick. Today's day 10. I wrote them on day 9 just in case they uh, it, it's sitting in the inbox right now on them. When, when Twitter support gets there, to, <laughs> they're going to see I was a day ahead. Day 10 is when I'm supposed to be unsuspended. I can't wait to see the free world again. Man, we're still deal, dealing with that, huh, Jerry? I'm tired of it. I bet. I'm tired of it. I'm still getting people in the inbox saying, where's Jerry Bone Nose? <laughs> Whenever I lose a bet, especially, you, people are crazy. Twitter, you're crazy. People are saying, man, Jerry Bone Nose wouldn't have lost that Champions League bet. <laughs> well, yeah, he did yesterday. I had, you know, I, I come on here and talk about winners all the time. And so, so give me the, slap me in the head whenever I lose as well. Yesterday, the big bet was both teams to score in the Champions League final. We got a Liverpool goal early, a handball that I don't believe that was. Right. I call it a, yeah. a hand to armpit to the to the arm to whatever it was. And a game of that magnitude, I mean, I'm not going to be a foul is not a foul in a big game and the sure. kind of guy, but that I don't think that should have been called there. It, I thought it was going to open up the game. Yeah, I did too. He kind of kicked it right into his arm, you know. So that 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 was what was tough about it. But see, you're playing this all wrong. You should have been like, "Oh, that was the imposter Jerry Bow Twitter account that got that pick wrong. It wasn't me." Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought about it. Like, don't count that on his record. He's a good guy. But no, uh, we're gonna put some more money in your pockets today. I have some under twenty World Cup action, and I have a league that we've been killing in Uruguay. Oh man, no doubt. All these little small ones that I've never heard of tend to cash for Jerry. So don't just dismiss some of Jerry's plays if you've never heard of the team before. That That's where you yeah. want to be. <laughs> right. That's where you want to be. But uh, just stay tuned. We'll drop some soccer picks. But for now, the little 
bit of NFL news. It's the offseason, the slowest part of the offseason. We're right in between things really getting going. Let's talk some NFL. Around the NFL. What's happening? I say let's talk NFL, but talks and something you don't want to be hearing from Rams camps, right, from Rams' side is, like Sean McVay comes out and says this week, Todd Gurley's knee is on is is progressing well. It's it's on great track, but I'm asking, progressing from what? Because that means we were straight up lied to by him going into that Super Bowl because they kept saying how that yeah. nothing was an issue. It's kind of weird, right? Because he's not having surgery, so you think that's a good thing. But then, how's it going to get? Fixed. So what is it? What's going on? Is it what is it? What is it that is fixing? Because they're saying that there's been swelling in it. But where did this go wrong? Where did this change? I'm thinking it's arthritis. That is what I'm thinking it is. Which that's bad news. At an early age. At an early age, it is. And but it can be managed. You know, some people deal with it better than others. Um, and he was good in some of those playoff games last year. But boy, they needed him in the Super Bowl, and he did not do much there. So. It's something it's concerning, you know, looking into the the draft, you know, if you're drafting for fantasy, he's a guy that you're really going to, you know, roll the dice on if you take him, you know, you're going to have to handcuff him and, you know, it's tough. I think the thing is, right, Jerry, is we we see him in the preseason a little bit, you know, if he gets through training camp and everything seems to be okay, then I think you're going to feel better about him come August when you have to make that decision for your fantasy team. But right now, we just don't know. So with that, you don't know, and his average draft position, how much of a risk will you take on him? Because once you get past that, let's say that big four or five, are you taking a risk on him over, say, Melvin Gordon? I think I'd take Gordon over him if my draft was today. Are you taking a risk on him, say, over, because some places have him, at the back end of the first round. So that means some people got James Conner and Le'Veon Bell up there. You taking both of those guys for sure over a girly? Oh, man, that's tough. They're, they're all right there together for me. Because Le'Veon Bell I'm worried about because he's he's going to the Jets. And he's going to an, an Adam Gase offense that typically runs a very few amount of plays. And if he's not running a lot of plays, I, I don't think the Jets are going to score a lot of touchdowns. You know, that, that worries me a little bit. You know, it's I like Sam Darnold, but there's not a lot else there besides Le'Veon Bell. So, and then with James Conner, that's my that's my rule with, with, uh, with fantasy players that have only had one good year. I hate taking a guy in the first round that's only had one good year. You know, Conner, he could end up not being good. You know, he looked great last year at times, but he got hurt. He'd get hurt again. So I, I don't like taking guys in the first round that haven't done it before. I want to see him do it twice. So in this, I'd probably take early. Yeah. Okay. As long as he's practicing and, and everything, all the reports are good, I'd probably go with Gurley out of those three. So I compared him there to what we could classify as Tier 2 running back. So let's, let's compare him to Tier 1 wide receivers that go around that range. Are you taking him – before, let's say, the first rated uh, as far as ADP wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins or even Devontae Adams, which is one spot behind him. They're both uh, supposed to go around the 7-8 range. 
if it's a full point PPR, I'm probably going with the receiver. Very nice. Very nice. So it's going to be interesting what happens with Gurley. But then you ask yourself, because a lot of people know that with the draft, they drafted Daryl Henderson, right? Yeah. Where's he going to be drafted? Because usually when you draft to handcuff, you don't have to draft that early into a into the fantasy football draft because he's going now in the eighth round. That's when you get those fringe wide receiver two and threes and the second batch of tight ends coming off the board, right? So are you going to go out because you got Gurley, you took a chance on him already if you drafted him, then you now you got to take another chance on a guy that there's a big question mark on him. He can either if what if Gurley doesn't shape up and they keep swelling and they're lying to us and he ends up having to miss time, then Henderson's in a prime role with Malcolm Brown only there to fight with, right? He is, but that's the thing, right? Like maybe they split the carries if Gurley's not there. You know, maybe it's Brown and Henderson and neither one of them's really startable for you. That's what's risky right there. You know, if you're spending an eighth or ninth round pick, that's not you know, the highest pick ever. If you know he's the handcuff, then I'm okay with spending like a ninth round pick on the handcuff if you know it's him. But if you take him and, it, you know, if you take Henderson and it ends up being Brown, then, man, you're in a tough spot right there. So this is one of those deals where try and draft as close to the start of the season as you can because that makes all the difference. You want to see who's in what role if you can. But I know how it is. Some people have their drafts much earlier, and that's you just kind of have to hope for the best. What does that do for them as a whole? Not even talking fantasy. Let's say four wins and losses. Do you say Gurley misses time? Does that hurt? Does that impact them? Because this year they're projected to, they're one of the few teams that the over-under is in double digits. Ten and a half wins if you want to bet them coming off a 13-win season. It's a two and a half game difference. Do you see how much does Gurley play into that win total? He's huge, right? It's kind of like with Zeke to where... Even if he's not running the ball, the defense has to account for that guy. Out of the backfield, too. That's when Gurley really took a big step up is when we saw him uh, two years ago in this past year. He started catching more balls, you know, and that's he's a threat out of the backfield. And they already have Cooks. Cooper Cup is supposed to be back. He's going to be a threat in the slot. Robert Woods is a really good receiver. They're loaded, man, but Gurley is the thing that makes that go because – they have to put so much attention on him, and then the receivers can kind of run free. Cooks can get behind the safeties, and you're in business. Someone else who's in business, let's switch gears here, here a little bit, and let's go over to the soap opera that is the Oakland Raiders. Oh, man. Richie Incognito got a job, joins the Raiders. What's your first thoughts on this? Is he even going to be able to play? You know, he's had some other issues that he might have to deal with some suspensions. And then I think of Incognito in the same locker room with Antonio Brown, you know. And Vontaze Perfect. (laughs) What a perfect solution right there. (laughs) I mean, that is that, yeah, that locker room, man. But look, they're just trying to acquire talent. But, man, I don't. I don't like Carr being there. I don't see him as the guy to, to lead all those personalities. You know, the guy that reportedly was crying on the field last year. The more and more I hear from the Raiders, I, I don't think it's going to be their year, Jerry. <laughs> the bullying scandal is what uh-huh. you remember him from, but also don't forget that this guy was arrested at the funeral home at his father's service. Yeah, I think he like threatened to kill somebody or something. 
Yeah, and look, people can get emotional at you know at funerals. <laughs> I know you know, say. I know. I mean, it's just another thing with this guy. But when he's right, he's a pretty good blocker. You know, their offensive line should be better with them grabbing Trent Brown, and you know they've made some additions. They they should be pretty good on the offensive line. They you know got the new rookie running back. I think they're going to be able to run the ball too. I, I think they'll be better, but uh, the thing could explode like halfway through the season as far as the locker room. Another player that you could say the beginning of his season exploded will be Ben Watson suspended for four games. Yeah, He announced it himself on Facebook saying that he began using testosterone uh, this offseason. Doctor suggested it. It's a legal prescription medication, but it's a banned substance. It is. He was he had decided to retire. So when he got that prescription and took it, he wasn't planning on playing football anymore. He didn't think anybody was interested. So then he ends up actually getting some interest and in signing with the team. I'm told that he was very upfront with the teams that were interested, telling him like, "Hey, this is gonna this is gonna happen. Here's what happened exactly." And the, the Patriots were obviously fine with it. Yeah, and they were hoping to be able to fill the void of Gronk this year with at least a little something. I don't think that he was going to fill that void, but also Gronk wasn't the same last year, and he didn't have to contribute as much. But having him on the field would have been great for them. No What's doubt. great for you is if you keep tuning in to us because we're going to drop some picks. We're going to talk this game two. We're going to drop some picks on that. I, I'm I'm 3-0. Oh, I'm going 5-0. Oh. I got two nice. picks for you. I'm going to put some money in your pocket. Stay with us. You're listening to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. I don't blame you, Don. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. you heard there was the debut the u.s debut of anthony joshua at madison square garden welcome back to moneyline espn 97 5713780 what you heard there was the sound of money if you took the underdog unbelievable is what some people are describing it as andy reese becomes the first mexican-american heavyweight champion after defeating anthony joshua by seventh round tko to explain how much of a 
upset this really was, Anthony Joshua was minus 5,000 favorite. 5,000 to win $100. Wow. Well, wow is what the guy is saying. The better that placed 100,000 at the William Hill Sportsbook in Nevada, he would have won 5,000 off a $100,000 bet. I'm guessing he was thinking that was free money. And it didn't work out that way. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the risk you run when something's really juiced up, right? And, you know, sometimes it doesn't go that way. It's funny. I'm, when you give out your bets, a lot of times you'll let people know, like, hey, this one's really juiced. You know, you're going to have to bet a lot to get just a little, but it's safe. You know, and, but that's that thing you have to weigh. You know, like, do I want to risk 50 bucks to win 20? You know, like, exactly. stuff you have to think about. And I tend to do that more in soccer because uh, on, on totals because it gets you to a safe spot. Right. Especially in soccer where 1-1 one, one, and in a game that both teams might need a point, I draw that 1-1. One, one, those last 15 minutes, you don't get exactly what you started off with. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, at the end of the day, you have to be careful. So, as far as this bet, this boxing, I don't. Know very many people myself that had money on Ruiz, but whenever you have big odds like this, people tend to put just a little bit of money to make a lot. Supposedly, ninety percent of the bets in Nevada were on Andy Ruiz Junior. Uh, Junior, but ninety uh, percent of the money was on the opposite side on the champ. Hmm. So that going to tell you public better. All these little bets coming in. Yeah. People want to win the big bet, but then the big betters that said, "There's no way." That the champ loses. Well, he did, and you did as well this morning. Hey, man, you can't win them all, but you've got some plays for the people today. What are you thinking? Are you going to give out some NBA plays first or some soccer today? We're going to give them soccer this next segment. I'll have a, I'll start the soccer party off, and then somewhere in the second hour, we'll drop those NBA finals picks because we want to preview game two as a whole. To end this fighting talk, uh, Andy Reese Jr., after the fight, gave a shout-out to us gamblers. He said, nobody would have known that I was going to win. Nobody did. And everybody that bet on me made some serious money. Shout-out to the gamblers. <laughs> I appreciate that. 713-780-3776. We see we got a caller on the line. Come on, shoot us a text. Let's talk gambling. Let's talk boxing, UFC, anything. If you yep. had any kind of part to do with that fight, if you... Even if it was ten bucks, call me. I want to hear about ten to ten to five hundred dollar bet. Those are bets that don't usually happen, and I love to hear about them. No doubt about it. It's nice to cash that lotto ticket. You know, just put a little money down on the un- underdog. Hope it comes through. If it doesn't, eh, you're not out much money. If it does come through, it's a big day. It's a big, big day. Let's talk about something that could be a big rule change. Which, a let's say a. a an addition to a big rule change because we know that there's going to be review on PIs, uh, pass interferences, but now they want to say, let's take them out on Hail Marys? Yep, that's the new report. Why? How does that make sense? Well, I think what we're getting is is people want to be able to look, you're going to get a little hand fighting in the end zone on Hail Marys. So the competition committee wants it to just be what they call the survival of the fittest. They want guys to be able to push each other around and just, you know, whoever the strongest guy is to jump up and gets the ball, gets the ball. They don't want to review. I mean, you could literally have like three holdings going on by three different players in the same play during a Hail Mary. You know what I mean? Like everybody's kind of pushing and shoving and pulling guys down. So I think 
they don't want the review to get too crazy. They want guys to just be able to go fight for the ball, and that's that. But Tony Dungy, he's not feeling that. No, he's the one that's been vocal about it, saying, how are we going to change it here and then not there? And This is going to be a train wreck for a yeah. few years. <laughs> yes. This, the beginning of the offseason and even lead up to the Super Bowl was a lot about the talk was about a missed call. You're going to have this at a lot of games. It's it's a lot of judgment. A lot of judgment's going to be going on in this on a in a sport that when slowed down, a lot of this is going to look like penalty. Yes, that's a, a lot thing. of it. Yes. You know, and I was kind of on the other side like, yeah, th- that's okay. I don't mind the replay, but now as we're starting to look at this, like, oh man, this is going to take forever and every single play is going to feel like it gets overturned and it hadn't even happened yet, and I'm already getting tired. Of I'm it. already yeah. stressed out about it. There's going to be many times that we'll be stressed about it during oh, yeah. the football season, betting it. <laughs> and depending what side your ticket's on, that's yeah. what side you'll be swayed to. Speaking and staying along the subject of rule changes, 18-game regular season? Man, they keep bringing this back, right? They keep talking about it. The owners want that money. 18 games? 18 games. Andrews, that called for 18 games? It's going to happen at some point. It's The owners get what they want in this league. Unfortunately for the players, that's just how it how it works, how it's always worked. And if the owners want 18 games, they're either getting 18 games or they're getting a whole lot of concessions out of the players on the other side. Yep. And yep. what do y'all think? It'll be a cut the preseason short type of thing, so then uh, technically you're still suiting up pretty much the same? Yes, but your big-time players hardly play in the preseason as it is i mean that it's not going to be that much different for your superstar players like i I think the big thing is they're going to get the players want to be able to use medical marijuana and what i'm reading is that the nfl is going to use that as a way to get them to agree to the 18 games you know you want to smoke pot get back out there (laughs) (laughs) you want to smoke you want (laughs) to smoke this get back out there what kind of world is this they won't even remember they're playing two extra games it's kind of a perfect plan (laughs) (laughs) that's funny though you like you said because i've read that as well like oh funny how now you want to make amends like Mm -hmm. all right let's make a deal here let's make a deal i take it back smoke all the pot you want but i need I need that extra money. Uh-huh. I need you to play two extra games. And let's be real, though, as fans, look, I know some of the games may not be as good because more games is going to be more injuries. And remember, you know, the last year, uh, at the end of last year, like Damian Williams coming out of nowhere for the Chiefs, you know, and you're rooting for guys that you've never even heard of, really. We're going to see that even more with 18 games because more guys are going to get hurt. They're going to have to expand the rosters. But let's be real. We're still going to be playing fantasy football. We're still going to be betting on these oh, games. Oh, you know, for us, it's, yeah. it's it's great. The the uh, XFL, they're thinking, hey, quit hating. Yeah, y'all don't need eighteen games. <laughs> going to get into come, our come, season. Yeah. Come to us. Let's go to the HRMP listener line. We have Tyler. He wants to talk. Over under college baseball betting, something I'm not really familiar with, but I'm down to talk about it. Hopefully he has a pick for the people. What's going on, Tyler? You're on Moneyline. What's up, fellas? How we doing? Doing good. What's going on, Tyler? What you got for us? Uh, living the dream, man. My uh, my son's actually on vacation, so I am up this morning waiting to crack a beer, ready to watch some college baseball nice. and not do a damn thing. Um, so what, what, I, what I got here today, man, I have a, a friend of mine, Played college baseball, got into uh, college baseball podcasting on a, a high level, uh, one of the highest uh, college baseball podcasts in the nation. 
and being a degenerate, I'll bet on anything that, you know, gives me these thoughts. Um, man, I was six and two in college baseball betting. The day before, I was five and one. But the over and under on college baseball betting is probably one of the, the best bets you can make. And the reason is, he explained to me, errors, walks, and metal bats. And kids, you know, they're, they're kids, man. They, they make mistakes. Even if you're an ace pitcher, you know, you, you'll probably get rocked every now and then. I so like uh, the, like the over is a very, very good bet in most games. Texas A&M today, uh, they are, uh, excuse me, the total is eight and a half. Eight and a half runs. They both, uh, their past two games, they scored over eight and a half runs. Lock it in. Texas A&M, uh, over, total. But, yeah, guys, just wanted to uh, see if you guys ever played any college baseball wagers. I think Cody suits a couple uh, couple plays, and he uh, he ended up going 50-50 yesterday. So, y'all take it easy, man. Catch that action game. Hey, thanks for the tip there, Tyler. That's interesting. He asked if I've ever bet college baseball. As of three seconds ago, I did. <laughs> I've got the over in the Aggie game. I appreciate that. You heard the guy. You heard him. He's on fire. He's been hitting. This is a this is a place to show love. This is a place to spread the wealth. If you have some picks out there, feel free to share them. Absolutely. We don't care. Hey, we do this together every single Sunday morning. You listen to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. Big swangers and more than 20 inches sitting low. We ball 24-7 all that we know. Screens and neon lights are showing my trunk on my popping show. Yeah, already know. Paint dripping off the... You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe. And Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. Shoot us a text, shoot us a call, or hit us on Twitter at Moneyline975, at Carlson Radio, at Josh Jordan975, at Jerry Bo Knows. No doubt about it. We thought maybe we've been very sportsy so far. We'd get to something a little off the wall a little bit, Jerry. So uh, this headline got my attention. Catholic school principal arrested during a school field trip while drunk at a strip club. Tell me more. Yes. Now, the first part, you're like, so how is the field trip at the strip club? That You know, it kind of makes you wonder that with the headline. But no, apparently, I guess he was on the – the kids were on the field trip, and he kind of ducked away, headed over to the strip club, got, got some dances on, had some drinks. And uh, a little later that night, he's arrested for public intoxication and possession of an open container of alcohol. He uh, basically was in the roadway, and the officers had to come grab him. He was uh, refusing to pay his bill. How many times do we see this? The guy goes to the strip club, has too many drinks, racks up a bunch of dances, maybe forgets how many dances he he paid or or should be paying for, and then when the, the bill comes up at the end of the night... Oh, I didn't. I didn't buy all those dances. That's a place that should never operate on credit. Is a strip club? <laughs> no, and they know it too. They love it when they see you like open your card. You know, with you know, you open a tab or something like that. Because you want to leave it open. Yeah, you want to leave that open because they know like he's not because you feel that transaction when you're handing him twenty, thirty bucks after every dance. You know, but if it's on your credit card, it doesn't seem like real money. 
eighteen dollar uh, cigarettes. Yes, like, I don't even smoke cigarettes. <laughs> Nine dollar domestic beer. Uh, <laughs> that's just the worst. Thirty two dollars for a first communion. You're like, I don't uh, even know. I didn't even know her. I don't even know her. Why am I paying? Why am I paying her her traffic <laughs> her traffic warrant? But she's gonna tell you all about her ex boyfriend who's in jail right now, and you know that. Her and her kid are having some struggles, and, you know, they tell you all the stuff you really don't want to hear in there. You know, they really kind of blow apart the fantasy. Isn't that one of my, the most uncomfortable feelings whenever you walk into a, uh, or in, in my heyday, let's sure. say, you walk into a, an adult establishment, uh, and then within seconds of sitting down, then here comes one of, one of the entertainers. <laughs> hey, you want to dance? <laughs> No, uh, you know, when you were younger, you'd come up with some excuse like, uh, uh, no, 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 thank you, not, no, uh, no, no. And then they walk off and then they go to the very next person. Hey, you're cute. You want to dance? You know, I thought I was cute. I thought I was the cute one. Here. <laughs> I thought I was the cute one. <laughs> See, we totally went, we're a little too old for the perfect strip club experience now, Jerry. And let me tell you why. Back when we were probably going to these places in our early 20s, you didn't have your phone to where if you want to, because the way you avoid getting asked for a dance is you avoid eye contact, right? So now you can just be looking at your phone. You can just be looking through Twitter. You can just be, you know, looking at Facebook, whatever. Anytime some chick comes by and you don't want to dance, you know, you can just be like, oh, no, I'm good. And you just keep your head down. I'm just listening to Ride My Pony over here and nothing to see here. But now, you know, back in our day, we didn't have our phones. So my go-to was... Like, I'd smoke like a thousand cigarettes when I was in there. You know what I mean? Just to have something to do with my hands, something to, to take my attention away from having to turn down all those dances over and over again. And we're really, we're really burying the lead here with this, with this principle. The report says the sources are telling Nine News investigators that he had a service dog with him at the strip club. What? How does this even happen? Like, where, where's this going? What was his intentions? You bring a service dog with you on the field trip. You leave the field trip to go to the strip club. You end up getting so drunk that you're not able to pay your bill. You get arrested in a public intoxication charge, and you have a service dog with you in the strip club. Like, you can't make this stuff up. This only happens at, you know, those real... Uh, I, don't, I doubt they're even open no more, but remember those old strip clubs on the way to uh, Galveston? Yes. Those ones to the left? Yes, Heartbreakers. and No, even further down. <laughs> even further down. There's some two rinky-dinky ones you would always see to the left over there. Uh, Ocean Cabaret. Yeah, Is that, that one. one that one. They had a one-legged stripper <laughs> yeah. in there. I don't know if you ever heard about her. She, she's a legend. She was a legend. Bless her heart. She was a one-legged what? stripper, and she was fantastic. That is amazing. Is that a great place? I haven't been to that one, Jerry. Put you on the spot. <laughs> I was told. I was told that it was a great place. I was told. What had I've never was. been there, but what had happened was. I was told. But uh, no, uh, honestly, these strip clubs, you, uh, it's never amazing if, if, if those walls could talk. Oh, man. Sierra, stage next. It, man, it's, and when those lights come on at the end of the night, you know, they're trying to get you out of there, and you're like, oh, man, I see why they use all the black lights. Or the nasty or <laughs> yeah. the nasty DJ. Yes. Ecstasy, come on down. And then she doesn't. Ecstasy's taking a smoke break. She's yeah. outside. He's like, last call, two minutes. You're like, what is this, a horse track? 
Dude, and they run some scams in there. My buddy one time, uh, he'll remain nameless, but, uh, you know, he was just chilling at the club and he'd had some drinks and I guess they kind of realized he was drunk and then he looked, uh, he pulled out his wallet to get another drink or buy a dance and his wallet was gone. And he was like, oh, man. And so we figured, you know, it was one of the girls or something. She lifted it off him, you know, when he was drunk and not paying attention. So about 15 minutes later, he goes over to the DJ booth and reports his missing item. And sure enough, his wallet's there. How much cash do you think was in that wallet? None. Exactly. What? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my wallet automatically shows up 10 minutes later. But all the cash is out of my wallet. Let's go to the HRP listener line. La Raza wants to talk strip clubs. What you got, my man? What up, Jerry? What up, Josh? Hey. How y'all fellas doing this morning, man? We're hey. good. So look, man, you know I'm a, you know me, Jerry. You know, I always try to confirm everything that y'all said, and that is confirmed. Ocean's Cabaret, yes, they did have that one legged strip. That's what I'm oh. talking about. I've been baby. there before. She was legend. And not only that, like all those rinky dick strip clothes, man, yes, yeah, confirmed. Because I was there before. We went, I was, you know, plastered. And I remember that night, and we even got into a fight. And it was crazy, man. Me and my Marine buddies, man. I'm telling you, though, it was confirmed. So. Hey, that's what's up. That's I appreciate awesome. that, La Rosa. Because I'm telling people don't believe that. They're like, how did that work? I'm, I'm telling you, man, there is a one legged stripper. She was down there in those little rinky oceans or whatever it was called. <laughs> I bet she does well, man. Is she a popular? Is he still on? He's not on the line she, with this. Anymore. She was very popular. That is awesome. You, you always wonder, like, and you see all these places. You know, like, like as you're driving, and I always notice when I look over, like maybe even at like the executive bookstore, like when you're driving down 290, and you look over, and you're like, and you see like 15 cars, you know, and you're like, who's in the middle of the day at the executive, you know, adult bookstore? You know, with the internet, you have Google. You, you don't have to go embarrass yourself in front of your fellow perverts anymore you know you can just pull up your phone so that makes me think the only people that are going to these places they want to be around other people you know what i mean but it says free steak (laughs) from one to four but this show says free picks from 10 to noon we'll be back espn 97.5 yeah You can now listen to all your favorite shows on the Amazon Echo. Oh, sweet, dude. Just say, Alexa, open ESPN 97.5. Now playing ESPN 97.5.